Good morning, and peace be with you, and happy Father's Day, and also with you, right? Every day's Father's Day. My, you know, people roll their eyes on that, but uh, Trace and I, you know, every day is Valentine's Day, every day's Mother's Day, all that kind of stuff. But it is a wonderful celebration that we we uh, remember our fathers, uh, and then we remember our Father who art in heaven, and Howard be thy name. They actually, I saw this week in the news, and I keep telling you, don't watch news, don't watch news, it'll make you sad, but this was funny news, uh, a little bit funny, funny, that's kind of sad, but did you hear about Jeopardy? And they had the Lord's Prayer, and it said, blank be thy name, and all three of the contestants looked blank. They didn't know that it was Hallowed, or Howard be thy name. That was a little kid. He said, God's name's Howard. But anyway, um, we know what his name is, Abba, Father, Dad. And uh, so we are going to celebrate our great Father in heaven today and worship him in, in song. Thank you, Diane. It's wonderful to have you here and in word and in, um, in, in our confessions. So without further ado... Daryl, take it away. I thought I had to sing or something. Maybe I was going to have to sing or something. <laughs> Good morning and happy Father's Day to everybody, all the gentlemen out there. Uh, this week's announcements. Nothing really spectacular except for Tuesday. Everybody wants to be aware of Tuesday. There was a lot going on. We got sit and be fit in the morning. Adult vacation Bible classes are starting this Tuesday. There's a flyer in the, on the table in the back room for you. And uh, it's every, other, every Tuesday for four or five weeks, I think it is. Five weeks. So it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun from everything I've heard. Um, the uh, uh, men's Bible study, of course, on Saturdays comes along. And uh, as we've said every week, we've got Linda Yabuki, has got her birthday, or had her birthday, today, is today the 19th? 19th, Monday. Yes, and then uh, the wedding anniversary, Steve and Bev Amason and Ron and LeVon Bush. So congratulations to all of them. And everything else is written right in here. So thank you. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, 
God who is faithful and just. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. An almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty, eternal God, in the world of your apostles and prophets, you have proclaimed to us your saving will. Grant us faith to believe your promises, that we may receive eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Turn to our book of Exodus for our first reading, chapter 19, verse 2 through 8. 116 in the Pew Bible in front of you if you'd like to follow along. Verse 2. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai. And Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. And the Lord called out to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So, Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. Follow along, if you would, on page six of your bulletin and read responsibly with me. And uh, this is uh, on for Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. No that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts will praise. Give thanks to him, praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love he endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Next reading we have is um, Romans. We'll be in the book of Romans on page 1753 of the Pew Bible. I'll be reading uh, verses in chapter 5, verse 6, six through 15. 
again on page 1753 of the Pew Bible. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not changed against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10, verse 8 through 20. 
It is found on page 1510 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Matthew records, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. And on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 9, 36 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9, 36. So, once again, we hear that Jesus had compassion this is that compassion that moved him deep 
down inside. It is a compassion that is primal and part of the essence of his being. The compassion of Jesus is one of the deepest, richest, and most comforting of his qualities. And the reason for his compassion is the state that the people are in. And the words that he uses, harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Well, those words tell us that the people were the constant target of an evil bully. They were like a flock of sheep that were surrounded by a pack of wolves. The wolves are constantly probing, constantly nipping at them. The wolves wonder which member of the flock is the weakest or the slowest. Constantly under pressure, the pressure of knowing that one false step these sheep sensed like the very essence of this. It's, I'm one stumble. I'm one sign of weakness away from the wolves making me their next meal. Things haven't changed that much. College students and others demonstrate today against the newest microaggression. Companies put their employees through so that they know what that means. I don't really know what that means, but it's, apparently it's bad. Microaggressions. And then we know that there are men, men who demand to be treated as women. And there are women who demand to be treated as men. And even though they can never have children, women wish to marry other women, and men wish to marry other men. In fact, I just read this. Some people want to marry themselves. I guess that's what you do if you want to be with somebody that always agrees with yourself or you. And at the same time, it's nothing new. At the same time, there are couples who are producing children and they don't want to marry. We know from hard statistics, hard numbers, that Planned Parenthood convinces mothers to kill their own babies to the tune of over 60 million since 1973 to today. 60 million and counting. And these are but a few examples. Examples of people who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And as much as those people may make some of us nervous or uncomfortable, 
those people end up doing more harm to themselves than to anyone else. While their poor lifestyle choices may give brief pleasure, they find out that in the long run, they are always sad, they are always depressed, and they are never satisfied. And I don't know about you, but I often wish that they would just stop and listen and think. I wish there was a way to tell them that they are looking for love, they are looking for joy, peace, and fulfillment in all of the wrong places. Most of the problems that they have are of their own making. Now, of course, many people, many people are looking for love, joy, and peace and fulfillment in all the wrong places. There was a country song. You know, we are born, all of us, we are born with a desire for the spiritual, or at least with a desire for our lives to have meaning. If you look at all of the art that searches for deeper meaning to life, we see that in paintings and sculptures and songs and books and movies and so forth. And there are religions all over the world that offer to help us learn what is beyond this world. You know, every, every human knows that something is missing. And they go out and search to find it. There are several possible outcomes to this search. Some search for a while, and then they give up and decide to get on with their lives as best they can. They take up diversionary activities to take their mind off of their dissatisfaction. And still others, incorrectly, they believe that they have found the answer. They too take up some sort of activity that helps them fulfill the requirements of that answer. And then finally, the truly honest seeker continues to search indefinitely, finding Nothing that satisfies the need for meaning. And in the end, all searches lead to intense activity that accomplishes absolutely nothing. We are like little hamsters that are running on that wheel. We are expending a lot of energy, but we are not going anywhere. As Lewis Carroll said, he had the, actually, he had the queen say to Alice, it takes all the running that you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. The truth is that no mere human activity can ever find the true meaning of life. And the only the 
only thing that a mere human search can find is eternal separation from God. And that is exactly what Jesus saw when he looked out at the crowd. That is still what we see as we look around us today. We see people endlessly searching for something they can never find. And that is the reason that his heart went out to them with such deep compassion. His compassion because he saw a meaningless struggle of their struggle for meaning. And that's the reason that Jesus stepped forward from his heavenly throne. That is the reason that he took humanity on to himself. That he became something infinitely greater than a mere human being. He, Jesus, became the God-man, Christ Jesus. He became the true man to take our place under God's law and fulfill it perfectly. He also took our place as the target of God's wrath, God's justice against our sin with his suffering and his death on the cross. Remember last week? God needed a way to kill sin but save the sinner. And Jesus stepped in. And as the Son of God, the ransom of his life, his suffering, and his death was enough to redeem the whole world from sin. And as true God, he defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil forever. And with his resurrection on the third day, he proclaimed the restoration of our relationship with God. He proclaimed victory, his victory, and he validated everything that he taught us during his ministry. His resurrection provides the assurance that the true meaning of life is ours once again. His resurrection promises that we too will one day rise from death to live with him forever. Jesus looked at the crowds that were around him, and he also looked beyond them to the hungry souls of all time. And he saw a vast harvest of souls ready for redemption. He said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And even as he instructed his disciples to pray for laborers to work in that harvest, he prepared his first disciples to carry on that exact labor. He called to him his 12 disciples. It's recorded in Matthew 10. He called together his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus passed his mission on 
to the 12 disciples. He taught them about the true meaning of life. He taught them who he truly was and how he would save the world from sin. And then, and then he prepared them to carry his teaching to others. He gave them the privilege of harvesting. And then the harvest continues to this day. And God has had his laborers in every generation. He has thrown them into the harvest and passed the good news of Jesus Christ to generation after generation. When I was a little boy at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Moraga, California, we often had missionaries that made presentations on Mission Sundays, and I learned about mission activities in, a, in faraway places, places like New Guinea and the Philippines and Kenya and Liberia and so forth. And I, I thought that the work that these missionaries did was wonderful, and, and I still do. And at the same time, way back when, it didn't occur to me that there was mission work to be done right at home. I tended to think of the harvest as something that people did in faraway lands with exotic names. And while it is marvelous, it is absolutely marvelous that the church of God continues to spread and grow in those faraway lands, there is also a harvest right here at home. These 12 that Jesus sent out, he instructed them in Matthew 10, 5 through 6. He said, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now Jesus, well, he did not send these 12 to some faraway land on that day. He sent them to their neighbors to the lost sheep of Israel. They were the sheep without a shepherd. And yes, we know that the day would come when Jesus would say, go therefore and make disciples in all nations. You remember that, the thing. That's in Matthew 28, 19. And God does. He calls some to work in nations that are far away. But he also calls some to labor in the harvest nearby. And the Great Commission is not about going to faraway lands. Instead, it is about confessing your faith as you go about your daily living, as you're living out your vocations, where you find yourself right now. I got a challenge for you. At your earliest convenience... Open up your small catechism in the very front and check out the phrase that Martin Luther appends to the title of each section of the book. You will find, after each heading, that Luther added the words, as the head of the family should teach it in a simple way to his household. And some of you are already heads of households. Some now or in the future that are hearing this sermon 
are still preparing to become heads of households in the future. Luther wanted you all to know that the closest mission field to you is under your roof. There are people in your own family. There are people in your own family that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord has given you the opportunity to confess your faith to them. Let us give thanks this day, this Father's Day, for the laborers that the Lord of the harvest has sent into his harvest. And let us continue to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then even more people can hear the good news that Jesus Christ is true God and true man and that he redeemed us from sin, from death, and the power of the devil. And he did that with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death so that we shall be with him forever, even as he has risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. We thank you for your holy presence here and in our hearts. We thank you for your love, your mercy, your comfort. We thank you for this church family. We thank you for being our Heavenly Father. 
Thank you for being a good father. We need you, Lord. We need your guidance. I pray that you would bless each person here. I pray that we would surrender our burdens to you and let you heal us as only you can. Thank you for never leaving us. We give you our hearts, Lord, and trust that you will provide for our every need. Lord, there are many who are in need of your healing touch. We lift up Stella Thompson, Laura Farian, Hank Asmussen, Carol Keene, Eldred Hinton, and anyone else whom we name out loud or deep in our hearts. Lord, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you, and we pray that their faith would be stirred to know your saving grace. Lord, we lift up children and babies to you and ask that you would protect them and surround them daily from the enemy. Lord, we lift up medical professionals to you, nurses, doctors, surgeons, and we pray that you would strengthen them and help them not become weary in doing good. Lord, we thank you for healing us, for binding up our wounds and our broken hearts. We thank you for salvation and the hope of spending eternity with you in heaven. We thank you that you are more powerful than he who is in this world. We thank you that nothing can stop your good and perfect plan for our lives. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us, and we praise your holy name. The name above all names, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life 
And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our You may be seated. Uh, at the close today, I think it's amazing grace. We were once lost, but now we're found. We were once lost, harassed, like sheep without a shepherd. But for those who are in Christ, we are safe. The good shepherd, not just kind of good, okay shepherd, the best shepherd that ever was cares for you and he cares for me and he protects you and he protects me and he rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. May this comfort you, this wisdom knowing this. May this, this sacrament that he gives to us, that he mandates that we take his body, his blood, broken, given, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. May that cover you in his grace and keep you in his peace. If that is also your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. Once again, happy, blessed Father's Day to you all. Remember the greatest father of all time. We are, each one of us, maybe number two dad. Okay, we'll go with that, number one. Uh, father's Day has got a special place in my heart, not only because of my earthly father, but um, 23 years ago on Father's Day, 
our oldest son, John, and our middle son, who's with the Lord now, Graham, were baptized. So that was when we were led back to the church. And just 10 years after that, 13 years ago, I preached my first sermon at Lutheran Church of the Cross in Laguna Woods. So Father's Day is uh, special to me. I know it's special to you too. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.